3: Good evening, Rifflers! This is Riffs and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where you go through many 5e books and talk about various rules and haunted your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riffwake.
4: And I'm Remy, a player in Riffwake and a Dungeon Master myself, and today we're here to talk to you about playing characters by abilities. So, Nathan, what the
3: hell am I talking about? So, um... You know how sometimes your character has a high intelligence stat, so uh-huh. you need to play the character like it has a high intelligence stat. For example, he wouldn't be speaking like how I'm speaking right now.
4: <laughs> That's not true. There are no, be just very smart people but with such an accent.
3: He he. The the whole the main thing is that he needs to be um well intelligent. <laughs> probably
4: the character has to be yeah but not you honestly
0: that you can be is dumb. something
4: that can be very difficult intelligence is honestly one that probably is the largest struggle for acting out which is how to play a character that is significantly smarter than you and how to play a character that is significantly dumber than you
3: right because, because it is
4: lines absolutely of possible for that to be the case both of these situations do happen I have played by myself both of these character types.
3: Oh, Remy, <laughs> I, I totally get what you mean by, um,
4: <laughs> less Yeah, because, okay, yeah, so let's go ahead and just, you know, talk bluntly about that. I've played a barbarian with six intelligence. I, thankfully, have more than six intelligence. Unfortunately, it's hard to play a character with six intelligence, when I don't, I, Remy, know things about a lot of things in Dungeons & Dragons. Having a character who does not know any of those things is hard. Because again, I, Remy, am an hey, asshole hey, sometimes Remy. who loves to scheme.
3: It's alright, Remy. wouldn't. Let me give you my example. Uh-huh. Blackthorn is a fucking <laughs> god of magic he can cast a spell that makes him really charismatic. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm me. I'm not very charismatic or very intelligent to, <laughs> to be clear. So, um, this might have influenced certain parts of the show, certain things, uh, certain people might have said that might mm-hmm. have been very questionable.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: For example, certain being plans, like,
4: perhaps, um, like a giant magic siege weapon thing?
3: Yeah, something like that, um, saying that, uh, you know, a bunch of people, couple hundred thousand people may have died, but that's all business. You know what happened? Happened. It's all right.
4: <laughs> yeah, there was a rounding error. <laughs> uh, you're like, Oops, didn't calculate for that
3: one. Oh boy. But we that all got here safe. Safe and sound, everyone. Uh... All right. And honestly, like,
4: this is one of those things that does not have an easy answer. It is the kind of thing that is simply worth discussion and worth thinking about how you want to approach that. And that's from the player and Dungeon Master perspective. Because is it okay in your game to say, my character, you know, calculates a plan with a decent chance of success? So maybe you yourself may not have that, you know, Holmesian genius, but the character does. The player may not. It's so really you, hard. That's the as issue, a dungeon right? master, say, OK, roll me a flat intelligence check for how good a plan. Wait, the bro, character I've got a, I've got a
3: very disturbed, like very worrying uh-huh. question. So go you go it. to your dungeon master and you're like, OK, dungeon master, I'm not very intelligent, right? So I want you to come up with a Holmesian plan for the character. And then me, the dungeon master, is like, that, that's your job. I, I, I didn't have anything <laughs> planned. You were supposed to come up with the plan. And
4: that's exactly what I'm talking about in terms of how you want to approach this at the table. Oh like This is the kind of thing where the player and the dungeon master do need to at least be on the same page in terms of how to deal with such a thing. Like, do you do a narrative thing where, okay, like, let's say, you know, you describe to me something, and then I will allow you to just do that, and we just presume that your character is able to figure out a way to make it work. Do you perhaps set a DC and just say, okay, like, this is a tough situation, so let's say it will be a DC 15 to calculate a plan to get out of this and then just make that intelligence check. And let's say that the character is real smart. Let's say they got an 18 intelligence, so that would be a plus four, and then they just roll that d20 plus four and hoping to get that 15 DC. I, I think. Or do Grimmy, you ask the person to come up with a brilliant plan? I think
3: here's, here's the crux of the issue, right? When we really mm-hmm. come down to it, and is that we're asking, okay, fundamentally, stats are a mechanical thing but we are trying to figure out how to represent them in a roleplay sense that's the key thing and i think it uh, really applies to de- de- depends on what your game is if the game is okay everyone's gonna try and roleplay we're gonna try and do this thing well even if you yourself aren't very smart i think the fun of roleplay is trying to think up something even if you're not able to do something entirely intelligent right trying to figure out something you can talk to your fellow players, talk it through, talk it in character and just have it be a sort of thing where, you know, give your insights in character, so on and so forth. It's a role play thing. You don't need to be a character. You need to play a character. And it doesn't matter if you're not able to be as smart as your character. You are still, you know, achieving what the goal is, which is playing a character mm-hmm. by coming up and with your own idea. And just to throw yeah.
4: a complete opposite option out there. It is possible that a character might have a particularly high intelligence that the player does not. However, it is also possible that the group as a collective can come up with some really just clever, fun things. So it is possible to allow your group to converse and plan together out of game. The players themselves metagaming, purposefully, knowingly, willingly, to come up with a plan together that then can be the plan that the smart character has come up with in-game. Do you see any pros to that method, Nathan?
3: I mean, it certainly would flow better, and you know, like I, I like the idea there where it basically, there is a certain shared intelligence when a group of people think about something, so... Mm-hmm. I guess it does apply in that way where, you know, you, if you're working with a bunch of people, you can probably closely simulate uh, what a really big brain guy would, could do. <laughs> so w- I have talked about before, for all my love of numbers,
4: I also am a massive fan of the roleplay side of Dungeons and & Dragons. And to reduce the planning to just a die roll... I feel takes away some amount of player agency of the actual players making choices of things to do. So by opening it up to the group, you're not taking away player agency. You are adding other people's voices to a potential decision. And even if the players do come up with a brilliant plan, it is possible that other things might fuck up the plan. That's just how planning works but it is involving the players in a choice and adding player agency, which is how I personally prefer to run such things. I, I agree. this like, is one um, of the times where I think metagaming can actually be a good thing.
3: Yeah, I agree. But like uh, another way that you could handle this, uh, as a DM, I'm saying, like, say you're a DM and then uh, this is a question your player asks you. Um, there's one way that you can handle this. Uh, essentially, um, as a DM typically you have a better idea of where the pieces are. It, like all jokes aside, I, I still have an idea of like what, what I want in a uh, certain session or certain uh c- series of events. So you can just add detail when your player is like, okay, I'm I'm this smart guy. What what do I see? What what do I notice? And what you can do is Maybe just add elements that weren't always necessarily there or in your original plan that won't majorly change anything, but will give the person options to do something intelligent. Because uh, maybe like they're not the best with spells, but uh, let's say there's a like they, they need to get out this chair, and technically they have this spell like probably could do it, but let's say they don't remember it. Then you're, you're like okay, uh, and you don't know about it either, and <laughs> so you can be like okay, you notice that there's uh something. Um, issue with the chain, and you think that if you uh were to perhaps twist it in a certain way, you might be able to get it off, and so on and so forth. Where it's like, okay, the the you you can pre- pre- like show intelligence in uh, like it's not exactly intelligence, but it appears like if you were to hear that and somebody was like, okay, I noticed this thing, and I'm I, I'm thinking right, and like okay, I think I can break it. You can sell it as like an intelligent thing that your um the player character is doing, and kind of nudge the player into something that they feel like really fits their character and is fun to do. Absolutely. And on that note, another way that can be a lot
4: of fun for this kind of thing is to just go by rule of cool. Because there are going to be times where you might have a really creative person that's trying to play a high intelligence character. So you can kind of just take advantage of the thing that the player is good at for that. So as an example, I seriously doubt that you would have seen the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. But they made an interesting artistic choice to try to show how his brain worked, where they would just kind of literally talk out loud his logic in slow motion, playing out the situation that he thinks. So it's a really cool thing to do. So, uh, I'm going to try to give an example of this, but I'm not that clever a writer myself, so I'm just going to try here. So imagine you have just a very intelligent character that's just like trapped in a room with some enemies and their goal is to escape and you want to run it, maybe like just a single skill check or even just like a miniature skill check challenge. You have this very smart character, looks around the room, sees the individuals, and might just notice. Hmm. Back to guards, left and right-handed. Weak spot, if running around, right side of guard. Dash past guard, unable to take opportunity attack due to surprise. Dash past, doorway is locked. Hmm. Candelabra, next to doorway. Curtains, velvet, flammable. Dash past guards, knock over candelabra, distract guards by igniting curtain. When guards distracted, dash to next window, jump, escape. Like, having, like, taking in a lot of information taking in little details and like this is the kind of thing that might be just players just yes anding a situation just improving, just a, a just a almost Actually, ridiculous I just scenario but can be very cinematic if the person is more clever than i am
3: technically speaking wouldn't you consider this a intelligence-based perception check <laughs>
4: Well, technically, that is the investigation skill, which is there for a reason. Just very You're few right. people use. Oh, right, because yeah, people don't use do that. To do this. Oh, that yeah, makes it's, sense. Now. it's one of the least used skills yeah, because but it's there.
3: Like people always think perception when, even uh-huh. like even where investigation would be more appropriate. Yes. Like I just did.
4: <laughs> yes. But on the other hand, if you have a creative player that is just like able to negotiate some just fun scenario
3: (laughs) like what I just did, I'd be a-okay. Just like, you know what? That was cool. (laughs) If if are saying like okay, I noticed by the markings on his uh, on his left shoe, he recently tripped and fell, so he might not be walking so well with his right leg, with, with yeah. uh, his, his left leg. So if I go by, by his left, he might not be able to turn in time, and so I can I might yeah. be able to run past him. You know that. Kind Guard of has shit.
4: untied shoe. If I step this way, when they take this step forward to make opportunity attack. High percentage of foot falling out of shoe and tripping.
3: Oh, he's picking his nose. If I run out really fast and then shove it all the way out, he might die. (laughs) Okay, Okay. I I think. The point being,
4: it's something that you can have a lot of fun with by using creativity for the sake of almost a replacement for the actual ability check. Because again, I like the roleplay aspect and having people that are willing to just kinda lean into that, I appreciate. So We have been going on and on about intelligence. However, there's actually a baseline that I want to set now before we go yet farther with this, which is what do ability scores actually mean? So there's two sub questions to that, which is what do the numbers mean? And what do the abilities themselves mean? Like Nathan, can you describe to me the difference between
3: intelligence and wisdom? Um, intelligence is book, book smarts, and uh wisdom is sp- d- d- street smarts, yeah. So, street smarts is perception and animal yeah. handling? Sure, exactly.
4: And, and More medicine? in
3: tune with the world, and then intelligence is more in tune with the knowledge.
4: But do you see how this can be something
3: confusing? It is confusing, I- I'm confused. Can... <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: Like, it usually is summarized as book smart and street smart for the difference between those two. And that's probably the easiest way to use it, to say it in the least words, because trying to really get the nuance does become much more tricky. Like, to be fair, intelligence can also just be described as your ability to accumulate and retain knowledge. So saying that it is knowledge based is absolutely fitting because all of the knowledge skills are intelligence-based. Arcana, history, you know, even religion is an intelligence-based skill, because it is knowledge on a subject. Wisdom is, the, what is one of the hardest stats for people to actually understand. So, it is for all kinds oh, of different uh, I mean, one hopes, but that's not necessarily True. the case. No. You hope that with age comes wisdom. And uh, fun fact, just quick tangent—that actually was a thing in older versions of D and D. Holy like, shit! As a character aged and reached certain like that'd age really milestones, cool. they would lose physical stats and gain mental stats.
3: Wait, that—that'd be really cool. Honestly, I know it's—it it's, is and stuff, cool, but, but yeah, but cool. it's a bit
4: hard to keep track of. But it was a, it really was cool. I enjoyed those. Yeah, conceptually, those I like it a lot. Yeah, like it, it's a thing that makes sense because yeah, if if you get old, hopefully you survive to attain some wisdom, and
3: then you can do a little homebrew. Maybe you just don't don't get get older in the same sense. You lose some physical aspects, but not as much. <laughs> but you don't. <laughs> well, anyway,
4: that's for another
3: day, maybe. Yep.
4: Well, actually, no. This is ability. Well, anyway, we'll bookmark later. Maybe another day. We'll see. (laughs) Wisdom. Distracted. Sorry.
3: (laughs) So, yeah. How would you summarize wisdom? I'm curious what your answer to this would be, actually. Summarize wisdom in the shortest form I can? Just, no, no, not trying to be short. Just how do you define wisdom? Wisdom is your ability to absorb your surroundings interact with your surroundings i guess like 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 be in the moment i think something mm-hmm. like that yeah so
4: for the record there is an official answer because there's books lots of them what there's books but the problem is the very first sentence i despise definitions that use other words that are part of the thing Wisdom reflects how attuned you are to the world around you and represents perceptiveness and intuition. Whoa. For fuck's sakes. Perception and insight are like the two fucking mean, Can you imagine? You it's lazy just like, fucking writers. Like, like
3: y- you you read a dictionary. So, um, an apple is an a, a fruit that grows on the apple tree. Like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh, boy. Like, uh, the next section is actually, thankfully, a little better in the player's handbook. A wisdom check might reflect an effort to read body language, understand someone's feelings, notice things about the environment, or care for an injured person. Animal handling, insight, medicine, perception, and survival skills reflect aptitude in certain kinds of wisdom checks.
3: Compassion.
4: Okay, so wisdom is more empathy and understanding. So empathy versus knowledge to well, me is a better description of that is just
3: yeah that is a book lot smart street smart appropriate.
4: knowledge versus empathy oh yeah. okay yeah because that makes total sense then for wisdom to be animals insight medicine persuasion sur- yeah all of that kind of checks out except empathizing maybe survival because that's a little more active <laughs> but it makes more sense so wisdom is empathy and understanding while knowledge is more it's, under intelligence yeah so that is the difference Knowledge versus empathy. Work. <laughs> so, just to be complete and go through the list, strength—probably the easiest to understand. Constitution. What would a high and low constitution actually mean?
3: I mean, like, if you were to play that as a like character, right? um, I think it could be pretty fun to actually have, have like half those moments when you're like. Um, say, yeah, low constitution, uh, wizard, and you're like, the wizard stands up from his seat, and then he's suddenly, um, struck with a bout of dizziness, and then he slowly lowers himself back onto the chair, and takes a couple of (laughs) breaths. (laughs) It's like, it's time to go, we gotta go! It was like, alright! And then he stands up, and is fucking dizzy. Yeah. So, there is
4: yet another chart in the Dungeon Master's Guide, that actually also has some rather helpful... But anyway, so just to go through the chart, like half of it quickly, strength used for physical force and athleticism, dexterity, agility, reflexes and balance, constitution, stamina and health. Makes sense. Intelligence, memory and reason, wisdom, perceptiveness and willpower. Stop using the fucking skill names. And then charisma being social influence and confidence. I really actually like all of those except Wisdom. Like, Wisdom really should talk more about the empathy side of things, honestly. Because they even have example uses then for Wisdom. Spot a hidden creature, sense that someone is lying. They just keep going to fucking Perception and Insight. Which, I really just don't like their writing here. Anyway. So that's the six ability scores. So now let's actually talk more about the numbers side of things and what that can mean. So... What does it mean if someone has a particularly low ability score? And pick some example besides intelligence and wisdom.
3: A low ability score. If in you're low what? in charisma, um, uh-huh. you know, be crass. Uh, say things that you probably shouldn't say to people in the face. That's what I do mm-hmm. <laughs> in real life.
4: <laughs> yeah, because again, social abilities fall under charisma. So having Mm -hmm. a particularly poor charisma can then be reflected in how that character interacts with the world. Because, again, this is someone who is unlikely to have a whole lot of brain mouth filter and is likely to just say whatever comes to mind for better and for worse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So understanding what the number means can be important. So this is where things also get very, very fuzzy, because most people... Will have some difference if they're considering what the numbers mean. So, as an example, how cares like what is someone like who has ten charisma, fourteen charisma, twenty charisma, six charisma? Like, what is that character like? I think like?
3: it goes from more or less in a which in in the case where uh, at low charismas you are very straightforward. You don't hide anything. Often really? to charisma is also the skill for deception. Yeah, like often to your own detriment, you just you, like like I'm saying, like you don't hide anything. Uh, you just straight up say stuff for low charisma, right? Um, you you don't have any filters so and so forth. Normal charisma, you kind of just a uh, normal um, you know, you don't say bad shit to people. Faces, so uh, you can convincingly most of the time, not terribly well, but you can keep a lie. Okay, okay, um. Higher charisma, you can convince people, you can persuade people, you can, um, dance around people, uh, with fancy, fancy, uh, like, like, get to them. Whoa.
4: (laughs) So, to now complicate the question even more, can you have a six charisma character who is likable? Yes. How? What does that mean? His name is Nathan. (laughs) No (laughs) fucking...
3: (laughs) <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting that but I should have. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I personally think that um, charisma is very much a case of your ability to navigate social situations. So you can still be likable even if you're not the most conscious of other people and what you're saying in regards to other people. And, you know, some people find that like that is an like a certain, there's a certain honesty to it. It's, um They're not they, they kind of know what you're thinking. They don't really worry about you too much because you just say what you think most of the time. And, you know, that's kind of the reason why people like... So some people hate that kind of person, but <laughs> it's the reason why other people like them.
4: So to give just an example of there not being only one way to do this, mm-hmm. you can have a six charisma character, for example, that instead of not having a filter, maybe they have the opposite problem And this is that type of asshole who just lies about fucking everything, even when it's blatantly false, even when they don't need to. They're just compulsive liars, and you can still have like a very funny, charming character who just cannot be fucking trusted. And that's how you choose to represent that low charisma.
3: Yeah, this doesn't. That's that's what I'm trying to get you all to understand.
4: Every single ability score can be interpreted in different ways there is not one way to do things and it is entirely within your abilities and i would also say recommended yeah that you can play a character by its ability scores in all six categories and how all of those things interact with each other i I would
3: say yeah uh, I, i would say that um It really, really uh, is a case where tropes are tropes for a reason. Like, they are the easiest ways to express these elements, right? But what really makes a character interesting is you looking at the things, thinking about it, and then seeing how you can put your own twist. Um, But you have in mind for your characters, um, like, the idea of your character and how that ties in into your stats, if that's a thing.
4: So, to give a more concrete example of the interaction of stats, I'm going to take a risk here and use myself as the example. Oh, no. Nathan, what would you say are my better ability scores and my poorer ability scores? Your better ability scores.
3: Remy is very intelligent.
4: Yay. Yay.
3: <laughs> Any uh, other good one? Well, just asking me to tell you good stuff about you. Huh? <laughs> you get to trash I'm me joking. in a moment. Yeah. So, um, good stuff. Remy, mm-hmm. huh? If there was a luck stat, you'd be right up there. But you know, I don't think that that's true at all. <laughs> let's see. Uh, I would say I'm. I'm thinking, trying to think of another okay, one. Okay, let's just go fast and let's just say good, bad, strength, bad, dexterity, probably bad, constitution, very bad, intelligence, very good, wisdom. I don't know. Okay, I guess charisma. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm mm-hmm. uh,
3: I don't
4: know. <laughs> no, no. This is important. Charisma is the one I expected you to get stuck on, and that's the point I'm trying to make here. It's hard what to would you say? say is charisma? Why?
3: Because um, here's the thing, right, Remy? You get like uh, th- there are times where we have issues over like certain things that normally people wouldn't have issues over, like like um. Oh, that's more like fucking insight though but but it's a case where there are certain bits where you can be abrasive but that that then there's other bits where you can be very convincing (laughs) it's like oh
1: okay Uh yeah so so an argument could be made
4: then that i might actually have a rather good charisma with training in perhaps perception intimidation and deception but (laughs) and yet on the other hand i am also a very shy individual and may choose not to speak with charisma to strangers. He wishes to hide within his
3: man cave.
4: Yes. So that is exactly the point. I am a human, where the argument can be made that maybe I have a terrible charisma, but maybe I'm proficient with persuasion and deception, but another argument could be made in the other way, that I am very charismatic, but that I choose not to make persuasion checks a lot of the time because of my lack of social interest. Wow. And both of those are true of me, so do I have a high or low charisma? It's a to you. perfect representation of how the numbers can mean different things. Mm-hmm. Whether I am, you know, is, you know, Remy the character, you know, decent charisma with per, with, you know, proficiencies and playing that character version of myself is there anything about that that is inaccurate about me not really on the other hand do i get my way often enough to show that i am good at charisma or do i fail my persuasion checks more often than not to show a low charisma
3: it's just that you don't take them a lot but when you do take them you you you, um do pretty well that also
4: shows that there is a line between charisma likable and asshole you can be a persuasive charming asshole there's lots of people that are that (laughs) in real life and
3: fiction i think uh, so you can be a
4: prick with a really good charisma hi (laughs) so that just goes to show that yes it can be very different also uh not super relevant but i actually have a surprisingly good dexterity considering my size whoa So I would probably have like an eight strength, 12 dexterity, six constitution. You know, intelligence is actually one that's interesting. Because again, this is where I want to take the time away about the numbers themselves. All right. So what does it actually mean for a person to have a six strength versus a 16 strength? Six intelligence versus 16 intelligence and the same for charisma and any stat like to actually understand what that means does not have a simple answer. There are people that have just published charts and lists trying to define such and those can be helpful to give you an idea of how you want to treat such a thing. But again, different people will have different answers. So. One that I like using, uh, there's a website, DMingWithCharisma.com, and they have one of these charts that just goes for strength from 1 to 25 and just has just descriptions, just you a know, single sentence next to it to help understand it. So if you're someone who has like a 2 or 3 strength, needs help to stand, can be knocked over by strong breezes. An average person with a 10 or 11 can literally pull their own weight but then someone with an 18 strength can break objects like wood with bare hands and like these kinds (laughs) of descriptions can be helpful to help visualize the differences between some of just the many different numbers but again this is actually something that might be good to even bring up at a session zero to make sure that the dm and players are on the same page because now we'll go back to the difficult one intelligence Mm -hmm. how smart is a person with 18 intelligence how the hell do you define that big brain like do you try to like do you assign iq to intelligence score do you try attributing some other measure of intelligence do you just go like with a descriptor like you know, average, below average, you know, above average, intelligent, Honestly, genius. the way I
3: like to keep it is that within the mark, like, think of it as a gradient and then you, mm-hmm. you basically then split into three groups where when you're particularly low, make it show. When you're particularly high, make it show. If you're around the normal area, slightly higher, slightly lower. Maybe you can do, like, a little bit if you, you want to. Or like, like, if that's your thing, yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead, but you know, it's no, it, it plays last of a part, I imagine. Maybe. And another related fact to that.
4: Can a character with very low intelligence have a good idea or yeah. plan? Yes. You can. It infuriates me if a dungeon master were to ever say to a player, your character is You're- not smart no. enough to come up with that plan. Fuck that answer.
3: I mean, like, that's just rude honestly is that's rude i would say it's yes. um I, I i get like the whole like um i get the whole thing where yeah sure you can say oh your character wouldn't like even under that argument it isn't right to say that because i'm saying do not punish your players for taking actions that aren't exactly meta gaming because here's the thing your that player he came out with the idea um even if his character did not would not have been able to do so, it's not your place to decide that for him. The other thing is that, in which case, if he did come up with a plan and then he told you that, and then he dis- he paused and then said, "Well, uh, my character wouldn't have come up with that, or, or, yeah, my my character definitely wouldn't be doing that." Well, that's a moment for inspiration because he's choosing to, you know, deny himself that uh that idea, like that 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 um a- cause of action that that character would take because he feels like it isn't what his character would do. Exactly. And anytime that
4: players make an informed, logical choice of my character would or would not do this thing, that's actually a sane thing that makes sense and not just excuse to be an asshole in some way. That's a good thing. So having players make these kinds of choices for their characters, make decisions on of who their characters are based on ability scores can be a very interesting way to run characters so we do need to put the disclaimer in of course does a player character have to perfectly play to the ability scores that the character Fuck has? no. should they try to they
3: can try if they want to
4: correct but again the other side though if you do have you know, me playing Morris or a similar situation mm-hmm. at home with a six intelligence character played by a reasonably smart person. What should you as a DM do if I were to start making all kinds of schemes and plans as Morris?
3: Well, kind of like, like, um, it's very much a case of I wouldn't actually personally speaking, if you were to do that as Morris, I wouldn't uh, stop you from doing it. I probably would just be like yeah sure you go ahead because i'm not the one to decide such things for you maybe i i can talk to you about it like yeah like um you're are you sure like um that that uh he would do things that way for example if it was particularly egregious like okay here's a plan and then comes up with like a very uh well educated plan Uh, or something like a movie level heist yeah something like that yeah (laughs) maybe maybe it was something that level sure like I would have a word, but if they, if like, it's like, yeah, if you want to go ahead with it's design, and that's that's the thing. Don't stop your players from doing what they want to do. Just not just if, and if your players fine with just playing the character the way they want, let them do it.
4: Yeah. So I would also probably be pretty blunt if a character was going too far, in my opinion, for such a thing. So. You know, if I were talking to myself, playing Morris in that situation as an outside, outside person dungeon master, I might say, "Oh, is that a plan that Morris would come up with?" And that can often be enough, just by you know having that kind of you know soft rebuke. I didn't want to use gentle rebuke because yeah. obvious reasons. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that can be a thing where that might be enough for the player to realize, "Oh, yeah." I, the player, am making this plan, not, you know, the character that I'm playing, as this is not something that they might do. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, again, people are complicated as shit. It might be an active player choice that you and the DM might actually agree on in advance. Maybe Morris real terrible at the book learning, but he's a barbarian. He is really good at killing things. He might actually be a really good strategist in combat. Maybe he does have just total lack of, you know, knowledge on historical battles and such, but he might have an instinctive grasp of, if I go there, he goes there, they go there, they can't get around us, and we can smash them, but good. Let's do that. Meek strong. Yeah. Like, so, you can choose to have, like, a little bit more wiggle room. Like, you might have them be, like, a savant in some very specific thing. You might have them just be generally uneducated, but a relatively wise character. So this is where, like, certain tropes can come into effect. Like, you have the strong barbarian who has, you know, intelligence as their thumb stat, but often still has a pretty good wisdom, you know, to make use for perception and such. That's a pretty common barbarian trope because it's an interesting and honestly fun character to play. On the other hand, you have the other trope of, you know, the nutty professor type, where you have high intelligence, low wisdom. That is a classic trope for wizards for very good reason, because they often have incredible knowledge, but are absolutely shit actually applying that knowledge in clever ways and just, like, making what most of us would call a stupid decision and what they do with their magic or with their experiments, or what have you. And that's fun. So you can lean into these tropes, because they're fun, and that's fine. You can choose to do the opposite of a normal thing. Like, maybe you want to actually challenge yourself a little bit in the game, and purposely are giving yourself a character with a six constitution. So someone who, you know, might be sickly all the time, or, you know, catch the flu with a drop of a hat, Or, you know, are going to have a low number of hit points in general combat. So maybe you do purposely build a character who, like, always is trying to avoid combat. So maybe they're a very talky character. Like, that could actually be an interesting warlock. Terrible constitution, but really, really good charisma. So they made this deal with a thing, and maybe if they die, a demon gets their soul. Which made even worse by their low constitution. So now you have an idea of an entire character because you have all of this. The character is very squishy. The character is very charismatic. And maybe if the character dies, their soul is taken. And again, reminder that most resurrection spells have the soul have to be free and willing. So if that is not the case, that's more than a little troublesome. But again, that was just off the top of my head with an example of, oh, using just the numbers in these ability scores, I've. Created the idea of a character that I personally would have a lot of fun playing. So, do you have to use ability scores for every aspect of how you play a character? No. Do I suggest better understanding of ability scores to play a character? Yes. Do I think you could use ability scores specifically to decide who the character that you play is going to be? Yes. Is there any right or wrong answer in all of the things that I have talked about today? No. Ability scores can be a valuable way to choose who a character you play is going to be, and I do suggest doing so, but it's not a necessary part of 5th edition D&D, because that is the beauty of 5th edition. Whatever way you want to play and that your DM agrees you can play is correct. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwick, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash And you can send us an email, riffwakepodcast at gmail.com. And
3: that's it for today.
0: Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at lifemd.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.